Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Perception is Reality. It is I, David Battaglia, or if you're in the Northeast, Battaglia, uh, your host with our favorite guest, Clint Meyer. Hey there. Thanks for having me on again. I didn't know that that's, I didn't know that your name was said that way. So, you know, it's a small segue because I like to do that to you and the audience and to whatever my guest is. The actual pronunciation is Batalia. Um, and living in the Northeast, I didn't actually know that until I was probably 10 years old or, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, but it's just accepted to be Bataglia up there with the, You got to get that ah, because, you know, in the, the Rochester, New York diphthong A. Yep, sure. But down here in Texas, I don't know if it's the amount of native Spanish speakers, but everybody just automatically calls you Batalia. Oh, that's cool. Like they just, they just know how to pronounce it. I like to tell, I like to call people by their, their given, their correct pronunciation. So I've worked with a lot of um, people from other places. So anyway, one of my good friends was from born in Hungary. So he has a Hungrish name as I call it. Um, and so saying that correctly has always made him happy. Yeah, I so. can see that. I, I I think because I've grown up hearing it one way and never really knowing until I was older what the real pronunciation is, it doesn't really bother me. But it's kind of this last year of living in Texas has been interesting because people pronounce it correctly. That's cool. And every once in a while, I'll slip and then they kind of look at me like, did you just pronounce your last name wrong? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Uh, that segue aside, we were talking about when we last spoke about um, the concept of the show's perceptionist reality, and we had some great discussion, uh, which I put on the blog, which I'm hoping that you'll either reply to or, or uh, put your thoughts up or write your own. But at the end, we settled in on voting for our next discussion topic, which is today. So if memory serves correct, you don't vote at all. Um, I, we didn't get into why or the, the what's, the how's, the why's, the wherewithal's or what for's or whatever you want to say, uh, because we wanted to save that for now. So I'd like to start by saying, can you just sum up, like confirm you're, you're, you're a non-voter? Yes, certainly. I mean, I... I think it's a, I mean, I, I've just chosen not to, and I'm not ashamed of that or, or, uh, um, I, I don't mind telling people and especially when people tell me that it's, that I need to vote, I have to vote all that stuff. So I just don't, um, I don't feel like I have, I don't have the time to invest to do it well. I don't think anybody really does. Um, that's like, it's a high level, how I feel. Um, so I think most people just go in and they pick a side and then they, they swipe down the side of their 
their chosen choice. And even people who say that they don't do that or that they're not on a side, they call themselves independent. They really, in the end, 99.9% .9 of the time, they just swipe down one side. So I think unless you feel really passionate about a specific issue, and that is like where you're, where you rest everything, then I think it's, it's, uh, it's pretty hard to, it's, it's almost impossible, I think, to make a, a informed choice and either side is basically the same. That's interesting. Um, I think I uh, let you know last time that I felt like it was my duty to vote. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I don't, there have been times in my life when I haven't voted and I felt guilty about it. Um, and that reason was because it was impossible to make an informed decision or in one particular election, uh, there were two incredibly horrible choices. Neither was good. And at the time I lived in a state which long before the election even came, the decision was already made. Everybody knew this candidate was going to win and carry because it was a party line state. Um, well, spoiler alert, it's New York state. So in thinking about our conversation today, I was wondering how much of living and growing up and, and being in New York state, I know you've, you've, you've traveled a lot, but I don't know, uh, admittedly, if you've lived anywhere else, I know you've spent a lot of time out of country, but I don't know if you've lived anywhere else where you've had to register to vote. And I feel like being in New York State is is very interesting voting dynamic because downstate carries. It doesn't matter what upstate thinks. And, and that's just my perception in my time of living in New York. Um, and sure. I guess what I'm looking for is for you to confirm or deny or like, where are you on that spectrum? So, you know, I've, I've lived and voted in three states, New York, Pennsylvania, and Vermont. Um, I think there's you know, on the national, the national elections, certain states are going to go a certain way um, based on party lines, probably. And, but there's a lot of local stuff that's not that way. Uh, you know, depending on where you are in the state, different parties will win different, you know, various levels of, of office and across the whole spectrum. So um, yeah, like the big, the big candidates, right? going to go a certain way unless you're in one of those few states that you know is a swing state or whatever so right and i do agree and my own this is my own belief that the local elections are almost more important and i know that that's a strong thing to say but these are the local people that impact your daily life i not that the larger elections don't but i mean these are your local townships, you know, the things that people tend to really get a bee in their bonnet about like garbage pickup and like who can put a shed in their backyard, uh, you know. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying where yeah. if you, if you have a topic or a, a, a cause that you are very strongly supportive of one side or the other, then an election might really matter and you've made an informed decision. And I think then making that going out and voting is probably a big deal and important. But if we were to look at like the national stuff, 
you know, I, I make this statement to people and it, it sort of sets them off a little bit. I say that I don't really see much of a difference between the last two presidents, the one we have now and the last one, you know, I don't, I think on, you know, maybe how they present themselves, but in the end, there really isn't that big of a difference. Uh, I think how the media presents, presents people goes back to your, your data analytic uh, podcast, the, the previous one, where you talk a little bit about that. I think we get polarized as a country. We're very polarized. This two-party systems kind of, we choose a team and then we, we're rah-rah on a team. And then uh, I think it's just high level. I think it's kind of a scam and they're on one side and we're on the other in a sense. So for me, it's like, uh, it doesn't really matter to me much if Obama's president or if Trump's president, the uh, Obama is much more presentable for sure. But uh, in the end, I don't think it really matters, especially the issues I really care about. Glad you brought that up. Um, because again, I'm, I'm trying to maintain a sense of neutrality and learn how people think and, and how they came to their choices. And you hit something, you, you hit my confirmation bias is that I'm very anti two-party system. Um, and something you said earlier about being independent, um, I will let you know that, that I'm one of those independents, but I'm so independent that I refuse to even select independent when I'm, I'm registered to vote, but I'm, I refuse to select even the independent box because of this two-party system. When I go into vote, and I see there's really two parties, Democrat and Republican. The independent party line typically just picks from that pool of people. Either some of the independents might represent Republicans and some of them might be Democrats, but it's hard to find a true independent, which leads me to one of my favorite cartoons, The Simpsons. There's an episode where it's uh, Bush versus Clinton, but they're not Bush and they're not Clinton. They're two aliens from um, outer space that are both evil. And in the end, Homer says, well, don't look at me. I voted for Grog um, because neither one, you know, they believe the same thing. That's how I view a two-party system in America. Um, I, yeah, I, I believe sure. that. And, and maybe you need, um, this is turning into the David show. I don't want it to be, I want it to be about Clint. But <laughs> I will tell you this. I believe that the system that's set up and the way it's controlled is not about us, the people. It's about staying in office. Yeah, I would, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, and so I think, you know, it, it, here's the, probably a bigger, big problem that I do have. And, you know, I'm going to talk a lot of negative stuff, but then I'll get to the positive things. And there's positive reasons. There's these are a lot of negative reasons why I think voting is a waste of my time. Notice I said my time because I think everybody else can make their own decisions on their own time. But I think there's a lot of positive reasons why voting is a waste of my time. But so the two-party system <clears throat> is an example. Probably the more important uh, voting is done in the primaries, which if you, unless you choose, unless you pick a side, um, you don't get a choice there, right? And that's where, probably where you might have some stronger differences. Whereas, because if you think about it, inside of a party, there can have disagreements and that those can kind of shape, you can have big differences and they can actually matter. By the time you get to the 
one part party A versus party B, everything's boiled down to whatever that party has kind of decided is going to be our our major major planks of of governance, right? How how do they where do they stand on all the different issues, right? Those are sort of basically predetermined, and and those things don't also don't necessarily fall within the spectrum of where you know I would choose to be, right? So the democratic side tends to be socially liberal. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of those things I very much agree with, but then on the, the Republican side, they tend to be a little more, well, at least they promote themselves to be a little more um, fiscally conservative. And I don't think either of those statements end up actually being true. I think we end up boiled down to something in the middle that is a, probably the worst. It's like decisions made by committee rather than a decision made on a on a stance. There's a, actually a really interesting, this is kind of somewhat off top topic, but I think uh, interesting nonetheless. There's a show called Black Mirror and there was an episode in there about uh, basically a, a computer program run, ran for, was actually controlled. It was kind of more like a puppet, but it was controlled and it actually went, went run for and won office um, on a large scale. So I think in the end, it kind of made me think a lot about stuff like that. I think really in the end, and this is pretty scary, but uh, something more like an AI or a computer would probably do a much better job of uh, governing unbiased because as we, as we see all the time, it, are you on red team or are you on blue team? And that's how decisions are made. And these guys do everything they can to stay in office. So it's not really about making real or valid changes. It's about staying in office and compromising and all of that stuff. So in the end, to me, there's very little difference between the two. So I just, I'm kind of worn out from it. And I'm like, why am I going to waste my time when there really isn't a difference? I, I understand what you're saying. And I like your references. I love when you bring up references. Um, I haven't seen the Black Mirror episode. I'm not, I'm not that far in. Um, I just started watching it. But I have watched a show called The Travelers on Netflix. And they're run by an AI in the future. And there's a group of people who think the AI can do a better job of running things. And then there's a group of people who want to stop the AI at all costs. And the point is they go back in time stop me if you've seen the show i have not so they go back in time because people in our time frame were just screwing things up royally uh, so the future us create this ai the ai takes over figures out how to time travel and it's like okay i'm sending you back in time to correct these things because the human race is just off track and then there's the other group in the future that are like, I don't want this computer telling me what to do. So they come back in time with their own technology to try to stop those trying to create a better future for the human race. And then just the war itself screws things up. So that's a good, that's a good analogy. I like that it talks about that everything's polarized. And I think that at some point in the future, I'd like to talk to you about that polarization um, not today, but definitely the polarization in the future because I, and you know, actually we're going to talk about that in the panel interview that I mentioned um, 
at the end of the last podcast uh, with Jeremiah, we're going to talk about confirmation bias, big data, and how it's led to this. It's not led to, but it's inflamed this polarization. And I think as a country, we all need a huge dose of preparation H to just cut down the inflammation because it's just, (laughs) we're at epic proportions. Um, And you know what? I am not sorry for that visual that anybody just got in their head. And no, we are not sponsored by Preparation H, but if they did want to sponsor Clint and I, we'd happily take their money. Um, (laughs) Sure. So Clint, can you tell me like when, when did little Clint start thinking voting is a waste of my time? Um, And how different, I also want to know like how different are you from young Clint versus Clint now? Um, It's good. Sure. You know, so I've been, and still am actually, passionate about politics and issues. Um, I keep myself informed, and I always have. One of my favorite, you know, I went to a very small high school. It was like 30 kids. I graduated 35 or something like that. But um, So there wasn't a lot of opportunities in high school, but one specific class that um, resonated with me, and I ended up taking it every year, of my high school was current events was what it was called. Basically we'd go in, it was a very good teacher, um, but I would go in, we'd go into class, read Time Magazine and get questions about all these different topics. We'd have discussions, it was, it was really good. Um, this was during like the whole um, Serbia, Bosnia sort of stuff. So it was a very interesting, fascinating time. Um, this was in the late, the late 90s, or actually no, it was the mid 90s. Um, so I graduated in 96. So I was very, you know, I, there was a time where I knew every country in the world, all the capitals, most of the leaders, it was, uh, uh, it was right around the time where the internet was finally hadn't, you know, the internet hadn't happened where I was growing up. Um, so it was coming. So all that stuff was out there. I was really excited about learning about the world and what was going on in, in it and around it. The issues, you know, I would form opinions and we'd talk about them. It was, uh, something that I would really enjoyed. And then I got into, you know, I remember watching the debates with Ross Perot and George Bush and um, Bill Clinton. You know, those were, that was actually fascinating. That was actually awesome. Um, we haven't had something like that in a long time. Uh, fascinating election, you know, and, and I, I had, I picked a side. I, you know, my parents, you know, you basically pick what your parents were. I mean, you kind of raise, get raised a certain way. So you feel a certain way. My parents are passionately um, conservative Republicans. They they bleed red. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of trended towards that direction. But as I moved around, I, you know, I formed my own opinions. We still get into discussions and debates with my parents. And they, they enjoy it. I enjoy it. But I went to Boys State as a, as a high school student, too. That was basically like a week-long political camp, honestly, where you'd, they'd, you walk in and they split you up into two parties and then you would form local government government all the way up to the state level. Um, you know, I yeah. ran for office yeah. in that, in that environment. I stood up in front of, you know, five, 600 boys, you know, gave a speech, you know, I, I almost, the military police almost arrested me for being, a, for obscenities. But anyway, that's just a <laughs> silly story. But I, you know, I was and still am passionate about politics and issues. Um, and, you know, 
I one time here's another example. One time, my uh, my wife is a hairdresser. She uh, she uh, bleached my hair platinum. Um, this was for an election. We uh, and then she colored one side red, the other side blue. Um, through the one side, uh, silver stars shone through, and then through the other side, the red side, um, there was like a, the words bush were shining through my silver head. So I looked, I was quite a spectacle. I actually went to vote with that. I mean, I, part of it was, you know, sure, I was going to vote for Bush, but, um, but I was also pretty excited just to have the word Bush on my head and go to a voting place. So a little bit of it was trolling for sure. Do we have um, a picture of that? Somewhere there's a picture. Maybe I could find it. Okay. That's a good one. But, you know, so I've, <laughs> I've done things. I've been involved. I've cared. Um, and I still do. But I also how, just... How have your... So it sounds like your views were... And this is a whole nother, I wrote a note down to talk about this. Um, so you started off like uh, on the parent track, grew up. And I would say that if I had to guess right now, based on how long I've known you and our interactions, I would never have said that you would have been uh, a Republican at all. I mean, I definitely see some conservative traits in you, but I, I wouldn't have labeled you as a Republican. You know, the how I approach people in my life, um, if someone is a liberal, they think I'm, um, they think I'm a right wing nut job. And if someone is a conservative, they think I'm a, um, you know, hammer and sickle communist. So, you know, it, I'm not saying I, I obfuscate myself, but I like to understand what, why people are thinking the way they are. And I don't think you can really understand people and why they think the way they think if you're on the same side as them. So no, that's, I, that's, I, that's a fair discussion. And, and I, just to be fair, and I, I'm sorry to have cut you off, but I want you to understand, like we've never talked about politics. Our conversations have always been um, surrounding kids or school. Um, we've never actually had a really deep discussion until we started the podcast. And I appreciate that. Um, so my views of you are just from, you know, just my perception of you is not based on any conversations. It's just all visual, you know, seeing you around. Um, what was that thing that Austin and Max did where we played dodgeball? Um, it was, I, tree called climbers it, yeah, and... I called it fight church. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was uh, boy scouts for, for the church Yeah, that we went to. Right. So, I mean, just at those things and, and, you know, just at school functions, I mean, I yep. didn't, I'm not saying, and this is completely unfair, um, but we all do it when we're seeing other people, we make certain rash judgments. So if I've judged you harshly or wrongly, you know, I do apologize for that, but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start talking to you. Cause I know that you have, cause I see a different view of you on Facebook. I actually feel like I get to see more of who, you are, but I see more of like uh, a Loki version of you, like the jokester. Um, but it's not just, there's never anything with you that's surface level. Like I'm seeing that to quote Sh Shrek, um, it's like an onion, there's layers. Like when you post something, it's usually 
I feel like you're always playing mental chess is my point. Like you post something, but there's always like four or five layers deep of that post. It never means what it means. Again, I, I take that as a compliment. So, well, I, I, it is actually. Um, so that's why I would not have just from seeing you around church activities and think, you know, high school I, or that with kids, I wouldn't have thought you were Republican, but I can see you doing exactly what you said and, and either being the devil's advocate or, or not for somebody. So I appreciate that. So what is, who is Clint? What is Clint's views on that? We're talking about voting. And I'm trying to understand, um, you know, little Clint. So here's a, and, you know, and where are you now on the spectrum and how does, how does your political viewpoints, how does that impact like where you are on the spectrum now, truly, how does that impact your voting choices? Like you're up to not vote. Sure. So, you know, the last, the last candidate that I had any sort of passion for, um, was Ron Paul probably. Um, well, certainly, you know, and I think he's still a, you know, a flawed genius in a way. Um, uh, he's a man who cares and has passionate beliefs and isn't afraid to talk about them, even if they go against what other people think and believe. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have like, so that's just a thing. So some might label that libertarian. Um, he has some you know, there's people that don't like him for certain reasons too. So I'm not 100%. I don't 100% like anybody, but I I tend to I tend to like that way of thinking, which is kind of a live and let live sort of political system. Here's one. So I I said I would talk about the positive reasons why I don't vote, and and this is kind of a key thing I think because I've I've been kind of negative. That's really not how I normally approach life or any kind of topic. Um, if, if you were to look by any me measurable metric, and somebody might be able to challenge this, but by virtually any, uh, it's, it's impossible to say any, but by almost any measurable metric, society has improved over the last 10, 20, 50, 100 years. We are improving as a society. Like I'm talking worldwide. Um, so, and, and as part of that, the United States, the United States is, has continues to be a, a society that gets better and better, right? People, I think a lot of this um, fake news, this is like the fake news generation yeah. or the fake news, whatever sector of life. Um, and it's not just Donald Trump. It's like everywhere is this fake news. He's just so obvious that you can point to it. It's, it's pretty fascinating actually. I mean, it's, he's on, he's shameless in his fake news, but but which is actually, I think, really great because most of the fake news is sort of like hidden or, you know, it's you talk about something that you can't really prove or disprove, but uh, a lot of it's just fake anyway. So it's interesting. I think I think that things are going to improve in that area and we're going to become more, more, uh, well, there's, a, I guess there's the possibility that it could get worse, but I think that we will become more informed and that information will help us to be better. Um, it's just history is the, is the, is the barometer by which I'm like measuring that, right? We're going to improve. We always have, and I think we're going to continue in that path. So 
in that context, I don't think any of these political candidates are really going to change that that swinging pendulum as or that wrecking ball as it's going through making society better. Uh, things are just going to improve. They're, they might be able to have some way of changing the, the velocity or the direction in a minuscule way. But in the end, I don't think that we're as controlled by these people as we, we assign them. And that, and that is because we live in a very, very good society, in a very good structure, in a very good country, right? I'm not like a huge, you know, patriot or, you know, I don't want to say that's, that's a hot button word, but I'm not a, um, there's a word and I'm slipping my mind, but um, jingoistic. I'm not a, a, a jingoist here. I'm just saying that this is the best place at this scale that has existed in any, in my, my measurement. We have a meritocracy. We can be successful. All you have to do is work hard and be good you will be rewarded for it. So the government doesn't really get much in my way. So they're, they're just kind of a white noise behind the scenes. I just kind of go through life and making a decision on which one of these guys is gonna be this figurehead in this place really just doesn't impact my life much. And I don't wanna put in the time that it will take to have a minuscule change in how things are run. It's just minuscule in the end. That's my opinion. No, that's fascinating. And I and so I have two questions and then maybe I can draw something and, and rephrase it as that I think what you're saying is when you go back to the two-party system, or you're not saying this, but this is what I'm inferring from previous conversation today is that this two-party system um, they're going to try their best to stay in power. That's not really impacting you because if, you know, candidate A wins or candidate B wins, they're going to do things slightly different, but underneath the, the ocean current is still going to go the way that it's going. Uh, there might be a few waves on top, but the current's still going to flow regardless of which one of those two party candidates are trying to get in power to, to stay in power for their, for their party. Um, did I, am I interpreting? That's perfect. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Saying it better so, than I did. So two questions that I have for you. Um, one is what about issues like global warming um, and the environmental restrictions that were just rolled back that surely has an, or well, maybe it won't impact your lifetime, but it will impact people. Um, and the other one I think is how can we, I agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't feel that currently people have enough time in the voting cycle to really get to know candidates, parties, and, and make a truly, truly informed decision. And in Texas, where I currently live, they literally have a button vote party line done. Most people hit that button, walk out, they're out of the voting booth in three seconds. Yep. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's the right thing to do uh, for many reasons, but. Yeah, I, you know, climate change is a whole nother topic, but I think it is. And you and I are definitely going to talk about that. Like I have this whole list of Clint stuff to talk about. Um, but sure. If you could just answer that part of the question, 
so let's start with the, do you think the information that you were talking about, um, I didn't really take a good note on it, but you were talking about how information's becoming uh, the fake news and how we're this fake news cycle that we're running through, and that's a whole nother topic we should talk about. People are going to, at the end, we're gonna become more informed. Do you think that new, the result of that will allow us to better know our candidates so that somebody like Clint can vote in the future? You know, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I, I don't know, but I don't know if, you know what, if, if there was a candidate, if the candidates would do what they say they were going to do, rather than just be, just be rhetoric and fake news, then I might care about voting. If there, you know, because there's topics that I care about passionately that I would love to be able to see changed and updated. Like, for example, I mean, this is probably, this is an easy thing for me to just say. I think that we should not be, we should not be, our military shouldn't be in other countries. We should not be drone bombing places. We shouldn't be messing with people's lives. You know, we should, you should be very, very careful about what we do militarily in the world. And uh, that, that would be the number one topic that I would want to see changed, right? And I don't see any of the last few presidents making any large change in that regard. In fact, actually, you know, I don't like the guy very much as a human being um, for many of the same reasons why I did not like Bill Clinton. But uh, um, I guess Trump did call for the you know, 7,000 American troops or whatever. We're basically leaving Afghanistan. Um, I think that's a great thing. I don't think we should be, you know, driving, flying drones and bombing, you know, weddings and all this other stuff that we do in the name of counterterrorism. I think it's, it's pretty awful and has a lot of unintended consequences. So that's like my hot button issue. That's the thing I care about most probably is just interfering in other countries. And I've lived in other countries and I, I've lived in a other country. And I would just say that it's really, it's, it's, it's impossible to be able to control what another country does, thinks, or how they, how they perform their, their duties, right? It's just, and it's foolish of, of us to think we can do that. And then that causes so many problems. And if you really look at history with a, you know, with a wide open gaze, you'll see that that meddling in foreign affairs has cost us way more than it's helped us. Um, you know, outside of a few very important times in the history of our, you know, of the earth, right? So definitely World War II was important. And, but a lot of other things that we have done have been really bad decisions and continue to do, right? Obama, Bush, you know, even Trump, I'm sure to some extent, those guys have, and Clinton, even before him, those guys who killed a lot of, were responsible for, because they didn't do anything about or did approve a lot of innocent deaths around the world. And that, that's a real problem in my book. So, so silence is acceptance. We say that in the business world a lot. Sure. I mean, but these guys are actually the commanders in chief, right? So they're actually running the show. Nothing happens without their, you know, specific approval. So if something happens, they have approved it, said it should go down. So right. those types of things. We're definitely going to talk about that in the future. Um, I love, I, and now that I know that you actually have a very firm, like this is a hot button, 
Like I, I've read starred that on my note page here. Yes, but I don't know if, if, if this is the thing, right? Here, here's let's go back to the topic a little. If you were to take, you take the strongest Trump supporter, you take the strongest Obama supporter, Clinton supporter, Bernie Sanders supporter, and you put them into a room and you get around a table with them and you really start talking to them. Ignore politics. Don't 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 pull a Clinton. Try to get people riled up. Just start talking to people about how they live their life, how how they want people's lives to be lived. For the vast majority of all of those people, there will be like 90 some percent agreement on topics. And how about the topic that we shouldn't fly, you know, drones over top of people trying to live their life and raise their children. And, you know, from a, from a bunker with a, you know, first person view camera on somebody's head in Utah, launch missiles that kill people. Right. I I don't think anybody will disagree with that. Right. But it just happens. You know, we're so far from it. We don't experience that terror every day, right? Oh, agreed, agreed. You're not going to get an argument there f- for me. I don't think you get an argument there for many, 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 and, many, many people either. But isn't that what we set out to do in the first episode? Because I, I feel like living in Texas is one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast because people, people have a very, I'm learning from my friends. I've lived all over the country. I've not lived in another country like you, but I have lived all over this country in several states. I've traveled and visited almost all 50. I'm, I'm very close to being in the 50 club. That's what I like to do is, is travel and sure. meet people and talk. So I, I definitely feel like Texans in general have a very specific view. People view us in a very, yes, I said us because I've been here a year now, I count, um, in a very specific light. But when I talk to my neighbors or just random people um, because that's what you do down here. You talk to people in Texas. Uh, They will talk to you. They do share views. They're not, they're not what I believe my friends um, and some business colleagues and, you know, coworkers perceive Texans to be. And that, that goes along with what you're saying is like if you got all those people in a room and you could actually get them to talk without there being a grenade thrower, like I typically like to throw grenades into conversations just to get people talking or riled up. Um, I would classify you as a grenade thrower sometimes. Um, but if sure. we were to sit these people down, I firmly agree that they would find it that there's a lot of common ground. And I think that's what we're missing. And that actually goes into the panel discussion we're going to talk about confirmation bias. Um, so that's, that's again, another thing that we can talk about confirmation wise, you know, in the real, yeah, I there's so much to talk about, but there is, there the, is. go yeah. ahead. And then I want to wrap up. Yeah, that sounds good. The, it's really hard to change somebody's mind on a specific topic. But what I've found is that you, if you make a common ground with people who think that they won't have any that's when you can kind of soften the, you know, soften someone's heart or soul or whatever you want to say to being accepting of a different way of thinking. You have to like, you almost have to like, you get two people who are diametrically opposed on a topic together, get them to be friends for some, on on some common reason, right? Bring a baby into the room. Oh, this baby's so cute, whatever, you know, get them to play with it. And then these people will sort of, start to see that other person as oh they're just like me so it's it's that that's the path to changing an opinion changing 
changing someone's frame of mind, right, is getting them out of their comfort zone in that way. And then, then people, and I've seen this happen all the time, right? Once someone sees that they have common ground with somebody else, their mind becomes open and then they start to think about things differently. I agree. And I think it's, it's, and if I may, um, I think it's not about getting somebody out of their comfort zone, but when they're in a situation like that, making them comfortable so they can feel like they can be vulnerable and have an honest discussion and realize that the person across the table may have a different view on something, but it's probably not as extreme as I've perceived it to be. You know, they've got a mother uh, and a father, maybe they have a spouse, maybe they have children, maybe they don't, nieces, nephews, maybe we all have common ground, you know, but they put on their clothes the same way every morning I do. Uh, you know, there's only one way to put on a pair of pants because uh, if you put it over your head, it just doesn't work. So I think true um, that the how do we get people together is a different discussion. But I want to wrap up with and have you answer the question on things like global warming and environmental issues that are bigger than local issues. I mean, they're global. This is a global issue. Voting for a candidate really makes an impact, I think, especially when you look at the way that we're now ruining our public parks. And I really should try to be more neutral. I'm not doing a good job on that. The way that we're exposing our public parks to now drilling and exploration uh, and we're repealing EPA restrictions that against um, greenhouse gases and, and things like that. How does a Clint, how does, and, and I'm not, you know, a Clint, like somebody who doesn't vote and you representing those people in my mind today, how does that not voting, how does that impact you? Do you feel still that there's no way to, that you're going to make an impact because it just doesn't matter or like, how to, can you explain that to me a little bit? Um, I mean, it's a, that's a fascinating, just a fascinating topic I could go on for hours about, but I'll just TLDR it for you. The, it doesn't matter. I think the global climate change is, is a fact, but it's used to motivate people with fear. And in the end, in a long enough timeline, and I think that timeline's probably 100 years, it just won't matter. It's not going to matter one way or the other, and I have an optimistic view that technology solves the problem and that it's a non-issue. So that's why I don't get all worked up about it. Ah, okay. Um, so it's just, so maybe I've fallen victim to the propaganda. Interesting. So I will have to do some more research on that. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to say, I mean, I think it's a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I don't think it's as big a deal as people want to make it out to be. Okay. Or if it is as big a deal as it is, it is a non-issue because technology is going to solve those problems. Okay. So that doesn't, okay. So to answer something like that isn't necessarily enough to sway you because still, in your mind, um, if I'm getting all of this correct, that there's still not enough time to research a candidate, really believe, how can you believe what this person is spewing out as information is actually accurate? And then if, if they do say something, when they get into office, they're not going to do what they promised you during the election because 
history has shown candidates typically don't do what they say they are going to do to get into office. So something like a larger scale issue like global warming isn't necessarily going to get you specifically out of your seat to do that because all of everything that I just mentioned, it just doesn't, it's just one more thing to add up. It's not any more important or less important. It's just a hot button issue that they're going to, uh, they meaning the politicians, the candidates are just going to use to try to motivate somebody one way or the other um, who is just going to react. They're not going to read they're going to skim. They're going to get the cliff notes version. They're going to listen to the sound bites and they're just going to base their decisions off of that. And they're not going to research deeper where this candidate really sits. You know, here's, here's a, here's something for you to think about. If you're for, you know, if you, if you want to end climate change, you need to be against universal health care. Interesting. Interesting. I think the obvious question is, is why, but um, I don't think we have time for that today. Yep. It's a cliffhanger of sorts. A cliffhanger of sorts. Or as we like to call them, which I'm coining this term right now, a Clint hanger. Ha. <laughs> yes. Listeners, I went there. Um, Clint, thanks for your time today. Um, I, I definitely learned more about why uh, you don't vote, and I totally respect all of your opinions. I did a horrible job this time of maintaining some neutrality, but um, I did learn, though, and I guess that's the overall aim of what I'm trying to accomplish, and you definitely helped me understand how I even how I even derived at some of the perceptions that I had based on what you said. So I, I like that and appreciate it. Next time we speak, we'll either be on one of these many topics that we discussed as segues, or we'll be in the panel interview if I can get everybody together at the same time. So I look forward to our next discussion. Sounds great. I look forward to it too, Dave. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening.